Amen. All right, well, we're there in Hebrews chapter number 12, and we've, of course, been going through a series on Sunday mornings. We started the first Sunday of the year, a series called Winning the Race of Life, and what we've been learning about is just how to win at life, uh, how to not lose at life, and we've been going through these passages where the Apostle Paul used these sports illustrations in regards to life, specifically that of racing, and we've been applying those and learning. And if you remember, in week number one, we learned that in order to win at life, we must determine what winning looks like in our life. If you're going to so run that you may obtain, you need to know what does that look like to obtain. And then in week two, uh, we learned that in order to win at life, we must choose the eternal over the uh, temporal. And last week, we learned that in order to win at life, we must choose the important over the immediate. And this week, we're just going to add one more layer uh, to those uh, thoughts. And like I said, we've been uh, illustrating this uh, through these scriptures where Paul uses these sports analogies. And I want you to notice there in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, we have yet another one. Now, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. I believe it's the Apostle Paul, but it's not claimed in the book. I think it's Paul, though, when you look at the style and the wording and the things that he says. And in Hebrews 12 uh, in verse 1, the Bible says this, Wherefore, seeing... We also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And what he's referring to, because he's going to use this analogy of running a race, and he's saying, when you're running this race, there's a crowd there that is cheering you on, that is watching you. And he says, in in the Christian life, there is a great cloud of witnesses in heaven and on earth that are witnessing you live your life, run your life. He says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Notice what he says. He says, let us lay aside every weight. He says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, when he talks about being beset there, that word means to be hindered, to be blocked. He says there are some things when you are running the race of life that are going to hinder you, that are going to block you, that are going to trip you up, that are going to keep you from getting to your destination. Now, he talks about the sin that does so easily beset us, and, and I'm honestly not preaching about that uh, the, this morning. Obviously, sin can destroy your life. Sin can ruin your life. Sin can trip you up in the race of life, and, and that's uh, something that should go without saying. But I want to focus in on this phrase where he says, let us lay aside Every weight, because I want you to notice, he says we need to lay aside, lay aside every weight, and then he says also, and the sin which does so easily beset us. And I believe that that's a different category, that weight. And what he's saying is this: when you're going to run a race, and we're uh, understanding this in a physical aspect, a physical foot race, you don't want to run a race with a bunch of weight on you. You know, you want to be as light as possible, right, physically, but you don't want to put on a big old backpack. You don't want to put on, uh, be carrying around things that are going to weigh you down. And Paul is saying this. He's saying when you run a physical race, you need to lay aside every weight that does so easily beset you and the sin that does so easily beset you. But I believe those weights are not necessarily bad things. They're just things that are going to slow you down. And in this passage, what we learn is that in order to win at the race of life, you must lay aside things that may weigh you down or that may slow you down. And today, today, what I want to speak to you about is in that fourth layer that I'd like to add to this thought of winning the race of life is I want us to learn that in order to win at life, we must not get distracted. In order to win at life, we must not get distracted. And there are some things in life that we sometimes get involved in, and they're not necessarily bad. They may not necessarily be bad. Obviously, sin needs to be set aside, and sin that will distract you and keep you from accomplishing your God-given purpose needs to be put aside. But there are other things that maybe they're not bad. Maybe they're not sinful. They're just time-consuming. They're just going to weigh you down. They're going to distract you and keep you from winning the race. And today, I want to help you with that, uh, with this idea of laying aside every weight that is slowing us down in the race of life. Now, I'd like you to go with me to the book of Nehemiah, if you would. If you open your Bible just right in the center, you're more than likely fall in the book of Psalms. And right after Psalms, you have the book, uh, actually, if you go backwards, I need you to go backwards from Psalms. You have the book of Job, Esther, and Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah. If you start at Psalms right in the center of the Bible... You'll, and go backwards, you have Job, Esther, Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 6. 
And today what I'd like to do is this, similar to last week, I, I, I want to walk you through five thoughts to help you lay aside every weight. Because sometimes we don't understand this concept. We understand it in a, in a physical race when Paul says it and we're like, yeah, of course, you don't want to be carrying all this weight with you when you're trying to run this race, you're trying to win the race. But in life, we don't understand that there are sometimes some weights we put on, some things that slow us down, some things that distract us. And I want to uh, walk you through five thoughts to help you lay aside uh, and not get bogged down or slowed down or distracted in the race of life. Now, each of these thoughts builds on the other. Uh, it's kind of step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. I would encourage you to write these down on the back of your course of the week. Of course, there's a place for you to write um, down some notes. If you don't have a baby sitting on your lap, or if you have a baby sitting on your lap, I understand you might not be able to write. But for the rest of you, uh, I would encourage you to write these things down, and each thought builds on the other, and uh, we're going to learn why we or how we should lay aside every weight which does so easily beset us. So here's, here's statement number one. I'm going to give you five statements, and, and they build on each other, and they're going to kind of take us to our destination. Statement number one is this, to not get distracted in your life. To not get distracted in your life. And I, and I'll, I realize these are a little wordy, so I'll, I'll repeat them uh, for you. To not get distracted in your life, you must avoid saying yes to the things that are less important. To not get distracted in life, you must avoid saying yes to the things that are less important. And I want you to go to Nehemiah because in Nehemiah chapter 6, we have one of uh, the passages that is the most clear uh, representation of this, I think, in the Bible as far as an illustration or a story. It's one of my favorite parts of Nehemiah, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And of course, if you remember Nehemiah, Nehemiah was part of the captivity and he was sent back to Jerusalem to build the wall. If you remember, the walls were broken down uh, uh, and Jerusalem was in distress and Nehemiah was sent back with the authority with the resources of the king to build up the walls of Jerusalem that the people might not be a reproach. But whenever you're doing anything for God or whenever you're accomplishing anything for God, you're always going to have opposition. And Nehemiah found himself with that opposition. Notice Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 1. Nehemiah 6, 1. The Bible says this, now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, the Arabians, these are the bad guys, And the rest of our enemies, notice, the rest of our enemies heard that I had built up the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gate. So they were almost done with the race that was set before them. They were almost done with accomplishing the task that they had. The wall was basically built, but they just had to set up the gates and get it all done. Notice verse 2, Then Sanballat and Gishem sent unto me, saying, Come. And they give an invitation. They say, come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. So here we have Nehemiah who's doing a great work. He's doing a great task. He's accomplishing a great thing. And then you've got his enemies who are inviting him to come off the wall. And they are saying, come, let us meet together in someone of the villagers. They say, Nehemiah, why don't we get together for coffee? Nehemiah, let's get together for lunch. Nehemiah, we want to have a, a talk with you. And of course, Nehemiah understood, last part of verse 2, that they thought to do me mischief. And I love the response that Nehemiah gives. Notice verse 3. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you. And in life, what you and I need to understand that there are lots of things that we could do, and there are lots of things that we can do, but there are only some things that we should do. And Nehemiah understood this principle, that in order to not get distracted in life, we must avoid saying yes to the things that are lesser value. We must avoid saying yes to the things that are not eternal, like we've learned in previous weeks, and not important. We must avoid saying yes to the things that are less important. And you say, why? Here's why. Because when we allow ourselves to get distracted, it hurts us and the work that we are doing. I mean, notice what he says there at verse 2. Last part of verse 2. But they thought to do me mischief. They actually wanted to kill him. 
They invited him over for lunch, get him off the wall, get him where he's not protected, get him where he's by himself, that they might kill him. They've already been trying to manipulate the situation to stop the work. They've been trying to intimidate the people to stop the work. It got to the point where the workers literally had to work with one hammer and a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other because they were building and battling all at the same time. And finally, when the work is almost done, they decide, we're just going to have to kill Nehemiah. And they send this invitation. They say, come, let us meet together in some one of the villages. But Nehemiah understands that in order to accomplish great things in life and for God, we must avoid saying yes to the things that are less important because there's lots of things we can do, but there are only some things that we should do. And when we allow ourselves to get distracted, it hurts us and the work that we're doing. He says, but they thought to do be mischief. Notice verse 3. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why? Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? And if you've been with us, and maybe you haven't been with us over the last several weeks, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to these sermons as we've been developing them. But if you've been with us and you've been tracking and answering the question, what does winning look like in my life? What does winning look like in my marriage? What does winning look like in my parenting? What does winning look like financially in my relationships? The question you have to ask yourself is this. When you've got a direction in which you are going, when you've determined that winning looks like, this is what winning looks like with our children and our parenting, then you've got to ask yourself, yourself, what is distracting me? What is distracting me from accomplishing that goal? What is it? If winning in marriage looks like, you know, not only not getting a divorce, (laughs) but, but actually getting to the end of your life and being happily married, getting to the end of your life and being glad that you still want to be together, if that's what winning looks like, then what is it in life that's distracting you, that's weighing you down from getting there? If winning as a parent looks like raising mature, responsible, productive young people that are ready to take on life and are willing and ready and excited to serve the Lord, if that's what winning looks like, then what is it that's distracting you, that's veering you away? And here's all I'm saying. There are some things that we might get asked to do. There are some invitations that might come our way. There are some things that might pop into our heads and think, I'd like to do that, and I'd like to go there, and I'd like to do this. But there are sometimes, in fact, there are many times when the response needs to be, I am doing a great work, I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. In our culture, there are many, in fact, it's become the norm to, for husbands to send their wives off to work, to put the kids in daycare or public school or Christian school or some sort, let somebody else raise the children because we need to make more money so that we could live in a certain house, so we could drive a certain vehicle, so we could wear certain clothes, so we could have a certain uh, quality of life and certain vacations. But look, Mom, when God gave you those children, He gave you those children. Dad, when God gave you those children, He gave you those children for you to raise. And here's what I'm telling you. There are some moms that need to say, yes, it would be nice to maybe go into that career. Yes, it would be nice to maybe work in that field. Yes, it would be nice to do those things, but I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. And the truth is this, the truth is this, that in order to not get distracted in life, you must avoid saying yes to the things that are less important. And they're not all sinful. They're not all bad. Back in 2016, before our church had that major protest in 2016, in fact, the end of 2015 and in the beginning of 2016, my wife and I, we, we decided uh, to, to do something. My wife, of course, uh, being the pastor's wife here, holds all sorts of events and tons of events, um, you know, uh, the Mother's Day teas and the ladies' Christmas parties and all that. And for years, she had been making these little uh, favors. She had just made them herself. They were handmade. And she made these beauty products that she would give to the ladies as gifts. And they were like face creams and lip balms and lotions and things like that. And they were all uh, all natural and organic or whatever. And she was just doing it just, you know, as gifts and as little favors for all these little events that we put on here. But over the years as she did this, these things got really popular. 
not only within our church family, and some of you ladies know, you know, ladies are constantly asking her, like, oh, can I have another one? And she's happy to make them, and we're always giving them out, and she's giving them out or whatever. But we, we, they started being given out to even ladies in other churches. And people started asking, you know, oh, can we get one of these face creams from your wife and this and that or whatever? And we started to realize that, wow, she kind of had developed something here that had a lot of value, and people were really happy with it. And, and, and we got this idea to start this side business back in 2015 and 2016, uh, where my wife was going to be making and producing and selling these uh, beauty products. And we got really serious about it. I've never spoken about it publicly, but we got extremely serious about it. I mean, we had a business license. We had a website built. We had accounts set up for it. We had uh, names already copyrighted. It was going to be called Pure and Pleasant Beauty Products. And uh, some of you have received some of the Pure and Pleasant Beauty Products that my wife made, you know, from the things. We had the labels and the, 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 the everything already. And it was something my wife was going to be doing, and I was kind of helping with her. And this was something kind of to distract us, you know, from all the work and everything, the ministry and things that we uh, were doing. And we were getting ready to actually launch it in the spring of 2016. And in the spring of 2016, something happened that you guys are all aware of. I preached a sermon that went viral, and we had all sorts of uh, protesters and, and things that, that happened. And because of that, we put a pause on the launch of this business. And during that time of the protest, we also, and this is something that we didn't speak about at the time, and I've told you about it uh, uh, since then, but we also had a health scare with one of our kids. And it was kind of a, a big deal, and it ended up working out fine, and our kids are fine, and they're healthy. But at the time, we weren't sure what was going to happen, and we were dealing with that and dealing with the protests and dealing with these things. And as some time went by, you know, my wife and I kind of started talking about how busy we were, not only with our children, because our children are, are young now and they were even younger at the time, and with the ministry. The ministry takes up a lot of our time and energy and a lot of extra focus that goes into it. And we kind of started talking, you know, is this something that we should really be launching? Is this something that we should really be doing? Is this something that we should really, is, is this something, is this somewhere where we want to put all our resources and our energy in? And part of the problem was that this was a consumable product. So it's something that she's going to have to be making on a regular basis all of the time and sending it out. And, and again, and we're not, and look, Proverbs 31 talks about women having uh, uh, businesses from home and all that, and we're all for that. We're not saying there's anything wrong with anybody doing that. In fact, we're not saying there's anything wrong with us doing that. We just decided in 2016, based on the season in life that we're in, based on the, uh, the amount of children we have, the ages of our children, the fact that there are some priorities that we have, like homeschooling them, and, uh, and that my wife has, like homeschooling them, because, because of the fact that we already had so many responsibilities and things that needed to be done for church, because of those things, we just kind of decided that the pure and pleasant business had to be put on the back burner. And, and what really what we decided was this. We decided this was a great idea, and it seems like a super opportunity, and it seems like everybody really loves it, and if we can just people get ladies to try it, they'll want to buy it and whatever. But we decided, you know what? We're doing already a great work, and we cannot come down. And here's all I'm telling you. Here's all I'm telling you. To not get distracted in life, you must avoid saying yes to the things that are less important, even when they're good things. We're not saying starting that business was a bad thing. We're not saying it was a bad idea. We're not saying it would have been sinful or anything like that. But we just realized that we, were all, we already had a lot on our plates. We already had things that were more valuable, more important, something that needed our time and our energy. We had our children. We had our own marriage. We had the ministry. And we just decided, hey, I'm glad we had this idea. We started walking in this direction, and we actually were very serious about it and did all sorts of things. But at this point, we are doing a great work. And we cannot come down. And in order to win at life, in order to win at life, you must not get distracted. And to not get distracted, you must avoid saying yes to things that are lesser value. Here's statement number two. And if you would go with me to the book of Matthew in the New Testament, Matthew chapter number six. Statement number two is this. To avoid saying yes to the less important. And by the way, I, I've, I've kind of turned this into a motto in our ministry. Since 2016, some of you may or may not have noticed, but I, I, I have tried to chop away at the things that, even in our ministry that we've been doing, that are just not necessary. I find myself saying no a lot. Because there are all sorts of ministry opportunities and ideas. It seems like every week of my life, somebody's telling me about some opportunity or some ministry or some idea or something that we could do. And they're all good things and they're all good ideas and they're all great things. But the thing is this, 
that sometimes when you say yes to everything, you get distracted, you get overwhelmed, you get overbooked, you get over uh, over a uh, concern with other things that are lesser value, that are less important. And what we've learned in our ministry and what we've learned in our life is that in order to win at life, you must avoid saying yes to the lesser value things. You say why? Here's why. Because and and here's and here's and here's the, really the point in regards to that to avoid saying yes to the less important things. Because that might be the question you're asking, well, how do I know what's important, what's not important, what should I say yes to, and what should I say no to? Here's what you need to realize is this, to avoid saying yes, and here's statement number two, if I didn't make that clear, to avoid saying yes to the less important, you must realize that not everything matters equally. To avoid, because look, to not get distracted, you must avoid saying yes to the lesser value things. But in order to avoid saying yes to the unimportant things, you must realize, you must realize that not everything matters equally. I'd like to read for you this little article entitled, The Pareto Principle. Some of you may have heard of this. I've talked about it before, not by that name, but uh, let me read this for you. The Pareto Principle, named after esteemed economist Vilfredo Pareto, specifies that 80% of consequences come from 20% of causes. Asserting an equal and unequal relationship between input and output. This principle serves as a general reminder that the relationship between inputs and outputs is not balanced. The Pareto principle is also known as the Pareto rule or the 80-20 rule. The original observation of the Pareto principle was linked to the relationship between wealth and population. According to Pareto, he observed that 80% of the land in Italy was owned by 20% of the population. After serving a number of other countries, he found that the same applied abroad. For the most part, the Pareto principle is an observation that things in life are not always distributed evenly. And since Pareto made this uh, observation and this realization, there's actually been a lot of studies and a lot of research and a lot of books written about the Pareto principle, and they've applied it into different areas of life, and they have found that it's, ha- it's consistent uh, to the mo- for the most part. Now, that's not always 80-20. Sometimes it might be 70-30. Sometimes it might be 90-10. But what they have found is this, that usually 80% of the results are a cause of the 20% of efforts. When they researched uh, sales professionals, they found that 80% of their revenue came from 20% of their customers. E- uh, 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 even when they researched uh, restaurant goers, they found that 80% of the time, you, you, and, and you know, maybe ask yourself if this is true, 80% of the time that you go out to eat, you will go to 20% of the restaurants. 20% of the restaurants get 80% of your business. And the Pareto rule just seems to be kind of a principle of life that 80% of the outcome is a result of 20% of the effort. Even in church world, 80% of the work done by the volunteers is done by 20% of the congregation. And just in life, they have found, in businesses have found, that 80% of the productivity is done by 20% of the staff. 80% 80% of the revenue comes 20% of the customers and whatever. And, and, and this is how it goes. It's just a principle of life. And, and here's all the reason I'm bringing this up is this. Since 80% of results, if it's true, and they found it to be true, is since 80% of results that you desire in life, 80% of results that you desire, when you said, this is what winning looks like in life, when you ask yourself, when we ask the question, what does winning look like in my life? If I was able to write my own eulogy, if I was able to write my own obituary, if I was able to uh, script what people would say about me at my funeral, this is what I would want them to say. And if you've determined that, in marriage, this is what winning looks like. In parenting, this is what winning looks like. In regards to my health, here's what winning looks like. In regards to my emotional state, here's what uh, winning looks like. Spiritually, here's what winning looks like. When you've determined what winning looks like, and when you realize that 80% of the results that you desire in life come from 20% of the effort, then you must determine what is that 20% of the effort that you should be focusing on. And here's what I'm saying. To avoid saying yes to the less important, you must realize that not everything matters equally. Every invitation, every opportunity, everything that you can do in life is not equally important. In fact, if there's probably 80% of it that doesn't, that, would, that doesn't matter. In fact, there's probably 80% of it that only accounts for 20% of what you consider a win in life, and there's probably 20% of it 
that would account to 80% of what you consider a win in life. So in order to not get distracted and weighed down, in order to lay aside every weight that does so easily beset us, you need to realize and you need to, like Nehemiah, say, I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. I must avoid saying yes to that which is less important. And in order to avoid saying yes to that which is less important, I must realize that not everything matters equally. And there are some things. There are some things that are more important than others. And I must focus on those. Here's statement number three. When you realize that not everything matters equally, when you realize that not everything matters equally, you must focus on that which has the most value. When you realize that not everything matters equally and that 80% of the results that I desire in life are going to come from 20% of the output that I put out there, the effort that I put out there, the focus that I put out there, when you realize that not everything matters equally in life, then you must focus on that which has the most value. And here's the point. When you determine what has the most value, you can live a life of clear priorities because our priorities should be determined by our values. We should put the first things first. And this is a principle that is taught throughout the Bible. Let me show it to you, uh, just a couple examples. Matthew chapter 6, are you there? Look at verse 33. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, the Bible says this. Matthew six thirty-three, the Bible says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now look, there God is telling us there is something of value, and you should prioritize that which is of value. God is telling us you can't do everything first. I mean, right? Do you understand that? Not everything can be first in my life. I can't do everything first. So I need to determine what is the most valuable thing. What is the 20%? If I can only get the 20%, what is the 20% that's going to yield the biggest results, the biggest bang for my buck, the biggest results that I desire in life? And God says, well, if you want to know what I think, you need to put me first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then God says this, and all these things shall be added unto you. He said, don't worry too much about the rest. Just worry about the priorities. Because the first things must be the first things and value should determine our priorities. And when you determine what you value most, then you can live life based on clear priorities. Let me give you another example. Keep your, place, keep your finger right there in Matthew. We're going to come right back to it. Go to Colossians chapter number 1. Colossians 1, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians 1, you've seen this verse before, I just want you to see it again. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 18, the Bible says this, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. What does that mean? That he should come first. That he should be the premier. He should be the most important. And here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, to not get distracted in life, you must avoid saying yes to the things that are less important. And sometimes those things are wicked and sinful, and sometimes there's nothing wrong with them. They're just not what you can do. They're just a distraction in your life. And sometimes you've got, you get ideas in your head, and you get a business license and a business account, and you start a website, and you get it all ready to go. And then you realize, this is going to be a big distraction for us. And we're already doing a great work. We cannot come down. Why should the work cease? To not get distracted in life, you must avoid saying yes to things that are less important. To avoid saying uh, yes to the less important, you must realize that not everything matters equally. When you realize that not everything matters equally, then you must focus on that which has the most value. Because when you focus on that which has the most value, you can determine a clear line of principles. You can put the most valuable things First, keep your finger right there in Colossians. We're going to come right back to it. Go back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, if you would. Here's statement number four. I only have five statements. We're moving quickly. Statement number four. You must focus on that which has the most value. You must focus on that which has the most value. Remember, not everything has the same amount of value. There are some things in your life that have more value than other things. By the way, this, this applies anywhere. This applies at work. And work, at work, there are probably some things that are more important than other things for you to do. 
You know, here at Verity Baptist Church, there are lots of things that I think are extremely interesting that I would love to learn about. Sometimes I'm uh, envious. That's probably the wrong word. That sounds sinful. But sometimes, uh, maybe that is what it is, envious or jealous or whatever, of uh, Brother Oliver. You know, with Brother Oliver, we, he, he does a lot of work for us here in media work. He does a great work with it. And, and we get to uh, put him through all these courses to learn all sorts of things. And he, he's learned all about video editing. He's made some epic documentaries where he's just learned, you know, took a, some, a few hour courses here and there and, 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 and watched a lot of things on YouTube about it and just kind of gathered these skills and, and build these things. I couldn't, I couldn't edit a YouTube video if my life depended on it. I think it's cool. Sometimes I watch him doing these things. I'm like, man, this is amazing. Right now he's learning about website building and we want to uh, update some things on our website and he's taking courses and things and, and, and things of that nature. I actually think it's extremely interesting. I would love to be able to do those things. But you know what? Here's the thing. That's not my main thing. I mean, I mean, honestly, the, 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 the greatest value, and I hope this doesn't sound arrogant, I, I hope you understand, but the greatest value that I bring to the table as a staff member here at Verity Baptist Church, as a pastor church, is the time that I spend in study of God's Word and preparing the sermons uh, that are preached every week. And, and, and I'm not saying that what he's doing is, is, is not as important, it's just not as important for me. 80% of the results that happen here, actually, in regards to my work and energy that goes into this place, happens as a result of 20% of the time that I spend in sermon preparation. Now, that's not the same for Brother Oliver. And I can do some things with videos and documentaries, and he can preach from time to time. But my main thing is not necessarily the main thing. And I would venture to say, in your work, in your business, in your life, there are some things that have more value than other things. And here's all I'm telling you. If you want to live at life, you must avoid. I can't take every course that he's taken, even if I think they're interesting. I just don't have the time. To. There's only 24 hours in a day. There's only so much that I can do. And I must do what is the most important thing for me. And he has to do what's the most important thing for him as a member, as a staff member here, what brings the most value to our ministry. And if you don't want to lose that life, you need to avoid saying yes. And that doesn't look, what I say yes to may not be the things you say yes to. What you say uh, uh, yes to may not be the things that I say yes to. But in order to win at life, we must avoid saying yes to the things that are of lesser value. To avoid saying yes to the things that are lesser value, we must realize that not everything matters equally. When we realize that not everything matters equally, then we must focus on that which has the most value. And when we focus on that which has the most value, we do it because a yes to a lesser value thing is really a no to a higher value thing. You understand what I just said? If there are only certain things that bring so much value to the results that you want in life, and you go around saying yes, 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 yes to everything, what you're really saying is no. Every yes is a no to something. When I say yes to higher value things, which for me as the pastor of this church is spending time in the Word, studying, preparing sermons. Right. Praise the Lord. When I say yes to higher value things, then I have to say no to things that are lesser value for me, like learning how to build a website. And in your life, when you say yes to higher value things, you have to say no to lesser value things. But when you say yes to lesser value things, you're really saying no to higher value things. And you have to get it in your head that not everything has the same value. You must focus on that which is most valuable. Not everything matters equally. And a yes to a lesser value thing is really a no to a higher value thing. There's this, um, I had it in my notes here. I don't know if I missed it. I wanted to read it to you. I was reading this book recently that kind of dealt with this, with this uh, topic. And um, they had a, an old Russian proverb. Here it is. An old Russian proverb, according to this book, says this, when you, choose, when you chase two rabbits, you will not catch either one. <laughs> when you chase two rabbits, you're not going to catch either one. Because a yes to a lesser value thing is really a no to a, high, to a higher value thing. And this, again, is a principle taught in the Bible. Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 24. Notice what Jesus said. Matthew six twenty four. Now, he's talking here about something very specific, but the principle can be applied. Notice what he says. No man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. When you chase two rabbits, you're not going to catch either one. 
No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hate the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And what he, here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, when you say yes to mammon, wealth, material goods, you're saying no, which is lesser value. A yes to something that's lesser value is actually saying no to something that's higher value, God. But seek ye first the things of the, of the kingdom of God. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And here's what he's saying. A yes to a lesser value thing is really a no to a higher value thing because you can't chase two rabbits and catch both. Sometimes you just have to focus on that which there's all sorts of things you can do but there's only certain things that you should do. Let me give you another example of this taught in the Bible. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you kept your place in Colossians, if you kept your finger in Colossians, you've got Colossians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Timothy, 2nd Timothy chapter number 2. 2nd Timothy chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and look at verse number 3. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 3. The Bible says this, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what you and I have been called to be? Good soldiers of Jesus Christ? He says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Verse 4, No man that warreth. Here's what he's saying. If you're going to get engaged in a battle, if you're going to be in a war, if you're going to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, he says, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Here's what he's saying. The soldiers on World War II that stormed the beaches of Normandy on D-Day, on D-Day they had to be focused on what they were doing there. They couldn't be storming those beaches, having bullets flying all around them, and worried about... I wonder what's going on back home. I wonder what... Look, no man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him with chosen him to be a soldier. And the idea is this. No man can serve two masters. You can't do two things at the same time. You can't do it well. So we must avoid saying yes to lesser value things. Because not everything has the same value. And we must focus on that which has the most value. Because when we say yes to that which has a lesser value, we're really saying no to that which has a higher value. I told you I was reading this book recently that dealt with this subject. I want to read to you a little excerpt from this book. It says this. This is the writer. He says, I once knew a highly successful businessman who had worked long days and weekends for most of his life, sincere in his belief that he was doing it all for his family. Someday, when he was done, they would all enjoy the fruits of his labor spend time together, travel, and do all things that they'd never done. After giving many years to building his company, he had recently sold it and was open to discussing what he might do next. I asked him how he was doing, and he proudly proclaimed that he was fine. When I was building the business, I was never home and rarely saw my family. So now I'm with them on vacation, making up for lost time. You know how it is, right? Now that I have money and time, I'm getting those years back. Here's what the writer said. He said, do you really think that you can ever get back a child's bedtime story or birthday? Is a party for a five-year-old with imaginary pals the same as dinner with a teenager with high school friends? Is an adult attending a young child's soccer game on par with attending a soccer game with an adult child? Do you think that you can cut a deal with God? That time will stand still for you, holding off on anything important until you're ready to participate again? And the point is this, the point is this, that a yes to a lesser value thing in reality is a no to a higher value thing. And you can go ahead and say yes, 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 yes all day long, but you will lose at life. Because not everything holds the same value. And if you want to win, if you want to win, you better focus what has the most value. You better focus on that which has the most value in your life. Here's statement number five. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. Statement number five is this. Since a yes to one thing is really a no to another thing. Right? I mean, this guy said yes to work. He said no to his family. 
You can't chase two rabbits and catch them both. If, if you want to win at life and if you don't want to be distracted at life, you must avoid saying yes to the things that are less important. To avoid saying yes to that which is less important, you must realize that not everything matters equally. When you realize that not everything matters equally, then you must focus on that which has the most value. You must focus on that which has the most value because a yes to a lesser value thing is really a no to a higher value thing. Here's statement number five. Since a yes to one thing is really a no to another thing, we must be okay with leaving some things undone. You know that you're not going to get everything done that you want to get done in life? At the end of the day, there'll always be something else to do. I've had to learn this in my ministry because I'm a pastor and one of my primary responsibilities is to preach three times a week. And you know, the thing about preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night is that there's always another Sunday coming. I mean, as soon as I get done preaching tonight, or actually, you know, I'm actually not preaching tonight, but um, as soon as I get done preaching on a Sunday night, generally speaking, when I'm done, I get about 30 minutes of relief, and then my mind starts thinking, i got to preach on Wednesday. And on Wednesday, as soon as that sermon's done, i got a Sunday morning coming, and, and a Sunday night coming. And there's always another, and I've, I've had to learn. I've, I've just had to learn. If I'm going to take my wife on dates, if I'm going to spend time with my children, if I'm going to have evenings at home, if I'm going to have dinner with my family, if I'm going to take time uh, with friends and, and things of that nature, then I just have to be okay with realizing that some things are just not going to get done today. Some things are just going to go undone. And we've got organizational skills and to-do lists and all sorts of things that tell us and keep us kind of making sure that we're getting done what needs to get done today so that we don't fall back and all those things. We understand that. But the point is this, is since saying yes to one thing is really no to another thing, we must be okay with leaving some things undone. You have to be okay. You have to be okay with saying, you know this pure and pleasant business idea we've had? I, I agree, honey. I think, I think that's something that there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not something we need to do. Not something we need to do right now. Because saying yes to one thing is really saying no to another thing, we must be okay with leaving some things undone. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. I want you to notice this. The Bible says, When I was a child, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Paul said, there was things that I used to do when I was a kid that, that now that I'm grown, he's like, I have to put those things away. Those things have to go undone. And let me pick on you men for a little bit because you're fun to pick on. <laughs> and, you know, let me give you some examples. You know something that, that children do that needs to be put away when you become a man? Video games. Adults playing video games? Ridiculous. And you say, oh, I can't believe you say that. Okay, does it have any eternal value? Is it important? Does it change anything? Does it do anything? Does it help you grow? Does it help anybody else grow? Is it an investment in anybody's life? And like, I'm not mad if you play video. I'm just telling. I'm just telling you. If you want to spend eight hours, uh, you know, every Saturday playing video game after video game after video, game, maybe when you were 16 or 17. I mean, I don't think it's acceptable. But maybe your parents thought 16 and 17 year olds have nothing else to do, so let them go ahead and do that. But when you're 30 and 35, when you're married and have children, and you think it's okay to spend hour upon hour upon hour upon hour playing video games while your wife goes ignored and your children go ignored, you will lose that life. Because there are some things in this life that just have no value. And if you want to win at life, and if you want to win at life, you have to say no to the lesser value things so that you can say yes to the higher value things. Let me give you another, another one for guys. Football. Oh, pastor. Are you really going to preach against the Super Bowl the week before the Super Bowl? In Northern California, when the 49ers... Don't you know the 49ers are playing? No, actually, I don't. I didn't know that the 49ers are playing because I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. Amen. But yeah, some of you have informed me. The four, you're really going to preach against the 49ers the day before? Look, if you think I give a rat's tail what people think about my preaching, you obviously haven't been paying attention. Ah, oh, you're going to preach against, the, against football. What's wrong with it? Uh, how about the fact that it promotes alcohol? And alcohol ruins people's lives. How about the fact that it promotes drunkenness and the Bible says that when you drink alcohol, you'll per say perverse things, your eyes will be upon strange women. How about the fact that it promotes nudity? I've never understood wives who want their husbands to watch football. Do you realize that there's a bunch of half-naked cheerleaders on the field? 
Yeah, what do you have against uh, football? There's lots of things to have against football. How about this? It's a waste of time. There's nothing of value. There's nothing important. Nothing gets done. You're watching a bunch of grown men play a kid's sport. And, and here's the point. Here's the point. You, and, and you, the, the problem is this. Grown men spend Sundays and Monday nights watching football. And whatever, whatever season we're basketball, baseball, all the same thing. While their kids go ignored. While their marriages fall apart. While their health goes out the door. Say, so, oh, Pastor, I thought you guys were into football. Aren't you guys always playing, fo- uh, playing football? Yeah, we're always playing football. Amen. You know, that's something w- worth doing. You say, what? Well, number one, we're spending time with friends, fellow believers. We're fellowshipping. Our kids are there, and we're spending time and investing in our children. We're actually running around and doing something good for our health, not sitting around drinking a Coke or, or beer. Good night. Hopefully not. And here's all I'm telling you. Here's all I'm saying. I'm saying... There are lesser values, and I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that hobbies and, 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 and things like that are, are all ne- necessarily bad. What I'm saying is this, that when you've got a hobby that is affecting the rest of your life, you will lose that life. You will lose that life. Because you can't chase two rabbits and catch them both. There are some things that are just lesser value, and there are some things that are no value. And if you want to win at life, if you want to win at life, you must be okay with leaving some things undone. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to look at two more passages. We'll be done. Keep your place in 1 Corinthians. We're going to come right back to it. Keep your place in 1 Corinthians 13. Go to Ecclesiastes. From the center of the Bible, you've got the book of Psalms. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. And let me just say this. Sometimes, sometimes it's no. You're 35, you're playing video games, no, stop it, no. No one thinks it's cool. Your wife doesn't, you say, my wife doesn't say anything. She must be scared of you, but she doesn't think it's cool. Nobody does. Some things is no, but look, honestly, sometimes it's just no for now. Do you understand that? Sometimes it's just no for now. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says this, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven. Notice verse 2, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing teenagers, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Notice verse 17. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and every work. There's a time coming when you may, sometimes it's no, sometimes it's no. Other times, it's no for now. I've been using this pure and pleasant thing as an illustration. But honestly, when my wife and I in 2016 decided that we were not going to launch this business, we actually did not say no. We said no for now, but not forever. We actually have plans of one day, Lord willing, being able to launch it in a different season of life. Actually, our plan, I'll let you know what our plan is. Our plan is we have four, four daughters. The oldest is seven and the youngest is a year old. And our plan is that one day we're going to have four girls that are going to be an older teenager or down to maybe like a preteen or whatever, and they might want to do something to bring in some income for themselves on the side, and I don't want to send my daughters off to work in uh, some uh, secular field. So one day, uh, their mom is going to maybe bring back all those pure and pleasant things, and we're keeping some of those things, and the business license is updated or whatever, bring back those things to just have something for our daughters to be able to work and sell from home. And something that they'll be able to take the majority of the work on and we'll kind of guide them and help them. It'll be something that we can invest into them. Something that they can do for themselves. Here's what I'm telling you. Sometimes the answer is not no. Sometimes it's just no for now. But not forever. Because there's a time for every work. 
There, you know, today, honestly, I went, I went to this missions conference, and I feel like every time I go to a conference, I get three or four invitations to go preach somewhere. If I wanted to, and I'm not saying this in an arrogant way, I'm just telling you, if I wanted to, I could get on a plane every week and go preach somewhere in America. If I wanted to. I don't want to. <laughs> you know, I, now I want to help, and I, I, I try to go to as many events as I can, and when I do, I take as many of my family members as I can so that we can spend time together and those things. You know, but honestly, one day when my kids are grown and married and out of the house, there really will be no reason why my wife and I couldn't get on a plane every week and go preach somewhere and go help some young church somewhere and be back for Wednesday and be back for Sunday and it won't cost us. I'm just, something. sometimes I have to say no, but it's not a no forever. It's just a no for now. In this season of our life, in this area of our life, with our responsibilities, with the things that we've got, we've got so many things on our plate, and we're trying to handle those and do those things, but we want to be careful that we don't say yes to every little thing, because a yes to something that is of lesser value is actually a no to something that is higher value. And if you want to win at life, if you want to win at life, you're going to have to learn to say, to avoid saying yes, to that which is less important. I am doing a great work. I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? You're going to have to learn to avoid saying yes to things that are of lesser value. Why? Because you must realize that not everything matters equally. And when you realize that not everything matters equally, then you must focus on that which has the most value. Because when you say yes to things of lesser value, you're in reality saying no to things of higher value. And because saying yes to one thing is actually saying no to another thing, you're going to have to be okay with leaving some things undone. And some things we just have to say no. And other things we may say no for now. But if you want to win at life, you got to focus on what matters most, the eternal and the important. Or you can chase two rabbits, which will probably not catch either one. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for these biblical principles. They're so clearly taught in Scripture. And Lord, honestly, I... I wish, I wish that all of us, starting with me and especially with me, would be able to just keep this thought in the forefront of our minds. And I'm doing a great work. I cannot come down. And there are some things that we just have to say no to, and there are other things that we may say no for now. But Lord, I pray that you would help us, help us to answer this question, what does winning look like in my life? What is that 20% of things that I can do in my marriage, with my children, at work, spiritually, in church, that are going to yield the greatest results and rewards? Lord, help us to focus on those. Help us to focus on them. Lord, we love you. We thank you for teaching us these things. Lord, I pray that you would help us all to be able to get to the end of our lives with as few regrets as possible because we focused on the right things. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen. We're going to have the match.